Sugarcoated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Today's podcast is brought to you by She Leads Live 2023. It's the conference for women entrepreneurs. Join us on December 1st in New York City. Get your tickets today at sheleadsmedia.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Sugar Coated. I am so excited. I'm always excited for all of my guests because they're all so amazing. It's like one is more amazing than the next. But I am, again, super excited to introduce my next guest to you. Her name is Dr. Gupreet Kaur, and she is a licensed professional counselor, executive coach, and speaker. And she's so much more than that. She's also a speaker at the She Leads Live conference, and we cannot wait to hear from her. Gurpreet works with high-powered, successful individuals and all of us who are looking to get to that place as well. So welcome to Sugar Coated Gurpreet. Thank you so much, Adrian, for having me here. I am very excited to share my experience and my insights and my journey. So uh, let's get, get to it. All right. So you work with a lot of people who are looking to, I think, explore a little bit more of themselves because they might be doing things that are getting in the way of what they really want in life. How are you helping, you know, women entrepreneurs, people that are, are, you know, wanting to move into a leadership role? How are you helping them with some of the incredible things that you do? And, and I'd love for you to talk about uh, some of the things that we've spoken about in the past. But, you know, how are you helping people to really be their very best? Okay. The, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I'll see if I can do it justice to that. But uh, what I do, Adrian, I help individuals to connect with themselves. Uh, as you know, my background is in psychology. So I am a licensed professional counselor. I started out with this industry in psychology and counseling therapy I have been doing that in my private practice for 17 years. And I like to just uh, kind of uh, share beginning of my journey. When I was doing my doctorate, I had to kind of, I had to do dissertation and my own research. And I had been already been in private practice and practicing psychology, counseling, therapy. Uh, all of those are interchangeable terms. And what I found at the time, I was in uh, D.C. and my practice was in D.C. So I was working with highly intelligent, if I want to say, 
but very successful young professionals who are working on capital and they have done all the right things, right? They went to Ivy League schools, they got those internships, and now they are at the capital and making bigger impact. But what they were seeking was that they felt sort of empty inside. And now they have six-figure incomes as 23, 24 years old, and religion sort of, or as they would call spirituality, was not for them. And my journey has been, during my undergrad, I have gone through or experienced depression myself, and which was actually what changed my pre-med into my psychology focus and studies. And I was discovering of my own that reading about new age and quantum mechanics stuff was helping me a lot. And I have been a deeper thinker to begin with that I want to I wanna kind of uh, get to know myself and what, what all this is about. But learning that about myself, and I was sharing that with my young clients, and it really resonated with them. And the whole approach of like the energy and just the vibration and connectedness and oneness, all that were kind of speaking to them. And I saw for myself that quantum mechanics was more of like a uh, bridge between spirituality and science, Mm. that it, it wasn't that like... God this or God that, but it was, you know, we know from like double slit experiments that we have uh, energy that has the potential on its own. It's an intelligence that it can turn into particles and waves based on the information that's available to it. You know, if, Mm. if, if there is only one hole that the energy has to travel through, it shows up on the other end as a particle. Mm. And if there are two slits, it shows up as a wave. So that whole, it just resonated with me personally. And when I was sharing that we are a source of energy, all this is information. And they kind of took that as to a next level of exploring within themselves and their self-worth that I don't have to look for that meaning or purpose for externally, but kind of bring it here in internally. Mm. And that source, that inner strength and understanding has been my go-to as an individual, as uh, an entrepreneur, and as a counselor and coach for others. And after that was also as a wife and now I am a parent. So it has kind of been the thread that knowing me and myself and who I am at a much deeper level that connected me to the source or the energy, it has been that source of inspiration and motivation. And Mm. that's what I help my clients to do as well. I help them realize that because I believe at the core that we already are that. And even from a counseling uh, or psychology theoretical framework for work, 
the orientations or frameworks that really resonated with me were the humanistic psychology or existential psychology frameworks. And from the humanistic psychology framework, the core belief, what what we call as a uh, Rogerian or person-centered framework, that the person is at the center of it and the person is good. That's the core belief of that, Mm -hmm. that the person is good. So Mm -hmm. anything around it it's it's just like that's the core you have to find right to find that ever flowing confidence and self worth because everything around it it's just your edges that you have to polish mm. and that's how i see it and that's what i help my clients to get to that core and get to know know that what's at the center of it all I'm not, did I answer your question? (laughs) Yeah, oh my gosh. And I love this so much for a multitude of reasons. Plus I have some questions. (laughs) So I guess I'll start with what I love and why. I love this so much because I agree that we all have this something inside us that is you're saying it's good i a lot of times say it's beautiful or it's our gift right and as we move through this world you know sometimes we have to protect the gift because sometimes we've shared the gift and we haven't gotten the best feedback about it because maybe it looked weird right mm-hmm. and so we've done a lot of things to obscure our goodness our our gift and it's like i when you were talking i was thinking about like the mud and the sludge that's around that that we have to like clear away so that we can see it all that kind of comes around when we just go through life and it's the conditioning It's the conditioning, that's the muddiness, you know, that we go through the life experiences and we collect that conditioning from other people, other sources. And ourselves. ourselves. We do it to ourselves too. We 100% do it to ourselves, right? Because we're, we're also trying to protect ourselves because we're not always safe. And I think that that is especially true for women, right? Like, I don't know if I was talking about it here on this podcast or or to somebody, but like even as little girls, we are constantly being given the message that like, you know, we're going to get taken away by the man in the white van, right? Like, don't go past the front yard. Don't go past the gate because someone's going to come along and steal you. So it's like girls are on high alert from when they're two, you know? Yes, absolutely. And so it's like you want to sort of protect it because you also don't want that that beauty from within to be shining because it might be attracting people that you don't want near you. Mm-hmm. And then it, then that threat, right, that high alert activates our reptile brain that hinders our creativity and Ugh. our connection to our core and a sense. So Ugh. yeah, absolutely. This is so fascinating. And one of the things that I don't know that I fully understand and you explained it a little bit, and I was I was hoping that maybe you could give us a tiny little quick lesson in what is quantum mechanics. Because it doesn't that does that, you know, concept doesn't often come up in discussions of entrepreneurship or psychology. 
Yes. So that's why I use the phrase of new age as well, because a lot of that is incorporated. In. So at the core of it, what quantum mechanics or quantum physics principles uh, theories, uh, what do we know, all those interchangeable terms uh, mean. So we know that we have our building blocks uh, for our reality, right? And then we had stopped at the particle level. But when we go deeper than that at the subparticle and sub-sub-subparticle, what we find through our, our search or research even even as solid as as solid as pen is, and when we're gonna go at a sub 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 particle and we grind it up and we go like okay, looking for what what is the essence or the center of reality, we find that it's empty energy hmm. at a sub sub particle level. It's it's all like the nucleus of that sub sub particle it's uh, again i am not a scientist and i right. do not study this so <laughs> it's just kind of the my comprehension of it is that it's all energy mm-hmm. and it's it's not solid at all the further we go and more we find that there's no solidity it's mm-hmm. just energy mm-hmm. and when we play with this energy we found some laws, what they call quantum mechanics laws, right? That are very different than our physics laws. Mm. And there is a connectivity. There's oneness. When you play with these sub-sub-particles at that level and the connectivity we are talking about, that if you intertwine two particles and then you apart them and you take them to two different distances, worlds, uh, two different locations. And when you penetrate one, the other is instantly penetrated because they are still connected through that energy. Mm, okay. So, the, and, and this has been, and, and, and I kind of talked about it in my, in my dissertation. And I don't know how many of us uh, who are not in psychology would know that Carl Jung was a psychologist and his depth psychology also speaks a lot to me and uh, his interest in Eastern philosophy. And at that time, he was talking about the concepts of this, mm. of connectivity. And he had the term collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. So we have our own consciousness, right? He talked about then as a collective consciousness where he derived those archetypes from, that those heroes, right? that we try to go towards or try to adapt onto those personas. And what collective consciousness is that we are individuals at this level. And the way he explained it, like if you look at it like a suburb development, right? Our housing development, and there are single family houses, right? And they could be like... 300 yards apart, right? You are looking at it and they're like, yep, there are 10 houses on this street and they're all separated. Mm. And that's who you and I are, right? And we think that, oh, just because there's a separation here, that you are separate than I am. But he explained it that if you look at those houses, that they are seemingly separate at the surface level, but they all have a common basement. Yeah. 
And that's the energy. And Mm -hmm. when you go deeper into like Buddhist psychology or kind of uh, Eastern philosophies or Tai Chi or any of the energy work that that if you get into, Mm -hmm. and that's what they explain, like that there's a force that uh, what we will, whether we want to call it sixth sense or something else, right? There's a force within us that's connected with everything else, Mm. Right. It's like it's like that basement. Yes, we have we are seemingly separate. We have our own consciousness, but then there is a collective consciousness, too. And that's what we drive our creativity from. Mm. That's where we drive our life from and what we inspiration or motivation, what we want to call. And when I am doing the trainings from like left brain, right brain integration, Mm. and um, what we know from neuroscience or neurology, that right brain is where a lot of that stuff lives or Mm. is accessed, right? Our brain is just that instrument to access that energy. Now it has a lot of its own functions as well. And it has reptile brain too. And we could live at animal level just through the instinctual things, right? That is fear-based and survival. But we do have the potential to become much more than that. And I feel like with entrepreneurship, what we have, you don't go into entrepreneurship unless you know you know that you're creating something beautiful, right? Mm. And I think that that automatically pulls you up to become your best. Mm. And sometimes you forget that. That's the journey. So I don't know. If I, I know I got away from like explaining quantum mechanics into psychology, Jungian. If you could follow that, how it kind of comes about to explaining and and all this information, when I kind of go back to my clients, young clients in DC, that that so much made sense to them because they know science, they understand science, right? When we are mm-hmm. talking about like spirituality and spirit and soul, and it's hard to understand. And it was hard for me to understand as well. But this type of solid information was like, oh, there's evidence Mm. that this type of force exists. And it's, you know, once you go into it, it's like a gray matter or this or this type of, you can like really get sucked into it if you really want to know like the essence of what life is. But I kind of stop at those few principles or laws that just gave me enough to say, you know what, this is spirituality thing or this connection thing or who I am outside of just the five senses and randomization of events that we know at the physics level or Newtonian level, you know, that no, there there seems to be an order to all this. It's not just randomness. It's not just chaos. Uh, so all that was speaking to them and it was my core thing too. And that's what I help my clients understand that mm. it's speaking to them and they understand how to apply it to themselves. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, masterclass. <laughs> masterclass <laughs> in quantum mechanics and Jungian uh, philosophy, psychology. It's it's really incredible. and. 
when we had a previous conversation, not on this podcast, we did talk a lot about the left brain, right brain, and how sometimes the roles that we put ourselves in, because we think that that those are the, the right roles to uh, adopt, sometimes those roles get us out of that left-right brain connection and they sort of build up, especially in corporate America, they build up the left side of the brain. So that very logical way of thinking and it almost creates like a wall, uh, right, between the left and the right brain. And one of the things that, that I'll share to this audience is that I was in corporate my entire career before I chose the path of entrepreneurship. And even though I do consider myself to be a a very creative individual, I've had a lot of trouble applying that creativity to my own business because I tend to think in the way that I was conditioned and and brought up in corporate. Mm -hmm. And so when I try to apply those same type of principles and actions that worked in a corporate environment to an entrepreneurial environment, I'm not seeing the results that I want to get. And I have a really hard time in my mind figuring out why. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that you said to me is because that side of my brain, the left side of my brain, that muscle is is so strong it it almost overpowers the the creative part of my brain where the answers lie from what you just said. Yes. And an integration of the two hemispheres is really, and you you asked me like how I help my clients to become their best. That integration of two hemispheres is really what is going to give you that platform to be your best. To be in this world, we need the functionality and faculties of our left brain. We need language. We need dichotomy. We need uh, logic and analysis and kind of putting things into boxes, right? Because that's how we communicate with each other. But then we forget more often that right brain's functionality is where the creativity lies, is where the intuition lies, is where we do get the answers. Mm -hmm. If you go back to any inventor, or theorist, philosopher, you will find in their biographies about the nap routines that they had or the walk routines that they had. Mm. I think it was Edison that he would say he would work on uh, his inventions and work on it, work on it, work on it. And then it was during his walks that he would get the answer, Yeah, right? So it's the answers, if we talk about the left and right, the answers really come from the right, but you prepare yourself to receive the answers with your left. Oh, so good. (laughs) This is so good. And it goes beyond some of the advice that you hear out there that is like, you know, give your, your brain time to rest, maybe give your brain time to like bake. It, what you're saying and what I'm hearing is that it's give your brain time to integrate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it's, I, I like how you also said that the brain is the instrument that accesses that, you know, that body of creativity. 
And unless we do what we need to do in order to activate that side of our brain, we're never going to dig into that well. It's just not there. Because the intelligence really comes from beyond, right? We are Mm. in a change of season and uh, comes fall. We see a lot of birds and animals migrate, right? But where's the compass? Where's their logical stuff, right? Where do they know which one, which is south and which is north and where I need to do? Or it's a change of season and now the clocks have reversed and I need to go back, right? Yeah. It's the intelligence. The intelligence is already there. Mm. We just have to access it Mm. and we access it best with the integration, that integration of the two hemispheres. Mm. And and if you are interested as as a listener in um, uh, finding more credibility on this integration and learn more about it, Dan Siegel, Daniel Siegel, his work has been incredible in this. Uh, he has many books out, uh, four books, uh, four kids, uh, teenagers and adults that you would find kind of a lot of uh, research-based uh, data that is behind this and a lot of neurology, a lot of medical equipment, testing that goes behind it to say that it's a science. We know that it's not, it's the same language. We want to say like, you know, when we, when we say from a proverbial point of view, like do your best and then leave the rest to God. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. But now we know like really what that meant and Mm. what that means, right. You are, you're frying your left brain to do your best, but then you're allowing for that intelligence to flow with that ease, with that relaxation, because that's that relaxation is where that corridor is, is mm. that where um, you access it. You don't access it when you are really heightened up, when you mm. are really using your reptile brain and, you know, it's a survival mode. That's not when you access it. Mm. That's when actually you're on the path to burnout or any other psychological disorders, whether it's depression, anxiety, or a number of other things, or even like illness, you know, medical illness. It's just stored energy. Wow. So I'm wondering with all of this, I'm, I always try to look at things through the lens of the woman entrepreneur. And I know that, you know, sometimes sweeping statements, right? Like not everybody is the same. Not all men are the same. Not all women are the same. Not all gender, whatever is the same. But there's definitely... I would say, just based on, you know, research that women entrepreneurs, they don't achieve the same level of success at the same rate that male entrepreneurs do. Everything from they don't get the financing to they're not able to get past the million dollar mark. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things, outward measures of success that are much more difficult for a woman entrepreneur to achieve. Um, And it's not because, you know, it's not because we don't work as hard. It's not because we're not as intelligent. There's something else there. And, you know, it could be society. It could be culture. There's like so many different variables. Do you think that there is something to this uh, idea that women 
from a young age are so hyper vigilant about protecting themselves. And they've almost like built that up so much that they, they aren't able to as easily access that well of creativity to achieve some of those more outward focused measures of success. Because there's something in our way. Yes. And I would say that it's the opposite because as women, because we are the nurturers, right? We have tendency to use more of our right brain, which is where emotions and feelings reside. And that's why, like, you know, I think uh, we are kind of like in corporate boardrooms that women are kind of labeled as, oh, mushy-mushy or feelings and emotions type, but, you know, not just very cutthroat and straightforward. Although women have come a long way to using, I guess, the faculties of our left brain as much as our male partners have mm-hmm. or co-workers I think if for us, it becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy. I, I don't want to take it into more just about us getting in the way. I feel like just a one statement that there's are so many different things that are oh, right. in our way. Yes. They are. And let's just be honest with it. Like whether it's gender inequality or whether it's at work or even at home and yes. our natural tendencies, right? right. So there, there's no comparison. But with self-fulfilling self-fulfilling prophecy that we are kind of as the message goes to boys that boys don't cry mm-hmm. the same message goes that oh girls are meant to be this you know girls are the nurturers girls are this so we because even we are allowed to experience our emotions a lot more sometimes those emotions even get in the way Mm. And that's where that integration again would come in handy Mm. that we want to kind of pay attention. Is it uh, how much of right brain or feelings based, emotions based, illogical based decisions am I taking? Right. Mm. And then strengthening the integration between the two hemispheres. So we just take on the persona that oh, I am not meant to be as successful as this, or Mm. I, I am not good at math. Yeah. I have a niece oh, who is um, a, applying the for the, yeah. yes, oh, it, that's the message. Or I am not like a good engineer or I'm, <laughs> although there are women who have like exceeded beyond the shadow of doubt, yeah. but for other 90% of us, right? And that's the message and self-fulfilling prophecy is a real phenomenon. Mm. And we take upon that uh, persona And it's hard to break our own ceiling. And that's Mm. where a lot of that mindset comes in that you have to keep on breaking. And then I have, I'll be honest with you, I have dealt with a lot of that and I'm still dealing with a lot of that, that self-doubt, self-worth stuff that we have to work on. And men don't, they don't don't even blink their eyes on self or like, what do you mean? I don't deserve this. You know, like (laughs) it just entitlement, it just comes there. But for us, and I have worked with uh, women from all around the world, from different religions, different nationalities and different genders, different gender roles and gender identities. And that's a struggle 
from all of us. Mm. It's, it's, it's a common theme that I have noticed in my practice that we struggle with that self-worth stuff, but like from the get-go, which I, in my experience, men or very few men have struggled with. Although they do have that, they do have it. But if we are saying it from zero to 10 and 10 being the highest self-worth that there is, right? Men would start at five. (laughs) And our highest, our highest would be like seven, you know, like <laughs> even the amongst, like that's our top, like, oh my God. And then there are stereotypes of like, oh, this, this, if someone comes across who is like very straightforward, very confident in themselves, you know, and that person or that woman is then labeled as like, so many different things, right? Negative, right. So many negative, different negative, negative lives. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I, I think it's more about the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Um, that I agree. And identity does play a large role in what we actually become. There's so much evidence of of that. Um, some really great books too, like Atomic Habits talks so much about as your identity is what you become. Yeah. There's such great stuff there. Listen, Gupreet, I feel like I could talk to you forever. There's a million more questions that I want to ask you. And I'm just wondering, maybe to close it out, you know, what are some of the things that you would suggest that a woman entrepreneur who is really looking to, you know, grow her business, achieve a certain level of success, what are some of the inward things that a a woman entrepreneur could do so that she can more easily or maybe more smoothly achieve some of those outward measures of success? Sure. I would say emotional mastery as a leader is, it's, it's an important thing. It's an, an important aspect, skill that every leader should know, right? You cannot lead others if you have no self-awareness, right? But as a woman, when you are able to manage your emotions, there are so many other way, other things that get in the way, you know, like from menstrual cycle to other hormonal changes and uh, with the aging. And if you are like a young woman with pregnancies and childbearing. And so there's so many men don't have to go through any of this, right? They don't have to like, I, I remember when I gave birth to my first child and for like 10 days, it was just like, such an emotional roller coaster up and down, and I would just cry. And that self confidence of like, where is this coming from? <laughs> like, and and men are just even keel. Like, <laughs> they don't have to worry about that, right? Yeah. So, as a woman, I think it's even that much more important that you, when you are leading others, right, you understand who you are, and emotional mastery comes very handy to communicate better with others, not taking things personally, and that you know regulating your own emotions, as we already have talked about so many disappointments that come our way as an entrepreneur, that we have to kind of keep it consistent, right? Keep it steady. 
Mm-hmm. And when you have that emotional mastery and when you invest into knowing your own emotions, feelings, and what to do about them and your toolkit, building your toolkit, that w- w- what works for you as an individual, like what's, you know, what's your environment, what's available to you, what kind of work you do, what kind of family you have, right? And when you build your own customized toolkit to go to for that emotional mastery, I feel like it's a game changing Mm. because then what business needs, it needs consistency. It needs steadiness, right? You just keep on going no matter matter what what. business. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Does it business doesn't have to like whether, uh, you know, I am menstruating or not today. Well, oh, well, you know, you, you have your toolkit and what to do and what you want to do when you have this, this struggle and yes, you're going to probably carve it down, right? Not take a notch down and not do as much or other things. But all that comes with the self-awareness. If you know what's impacting you, build your emotional mastery toolkit so that you can Mm. be steady, be consistent with your business. Uh, Because it's a long haul game. And that has been I would say in my entrepreneurial journey has been a big thing that it's not day in, day out, you're able to perform and you ha- you show up for others. This is perfect. I-, I love the idea of the emotional mastery toolkit. We all need one. <laughs> we need to build one, a customized, personalized one for ourselves. So how can people connect with you, contact you, learn from you? use you to help them build an emotional mastery toolkit. (laughs) Sure. Thank you. Uh, I am on LinkedIn. So if you just search for Dr. Gurpreet Kaur on LinkedIn, uh, my profile is open. So if you would like to connect, just message me or message me with that. This is where you have found me and I would love to connect with you. My business name is Living Excellence Today. And that my website is livingexcellencetoday.com. So you can connect with me there. Or my email is gkaur at livingexcellencetoday.com. All those are wonderful ways to connect with me. I would love to hear from you guys. This is amazing. Thank you so much. What a wonderful conversation. And I can't wait for this conversation to continue at the She Leads Live conference, which is happening on December 1st. Hopefully, you know, everybody listening will attend. Um, Uh But I I just can't thank you enough for such a wonderful mind-opening, mind-integrating conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Adrian, for having me here. You have a wonderful audience and I am looking forward to December 1st and connecting with them all live. So great to be here and I'm looking forward to be there as well. She Leads Podcast Network.